welcome back, folks, to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We are giving you the, all the tools, the tips, and strategies about leadership, small business, and personal finance to help you succeed and get ahead. And we are here to drop all the tea. Listen, today I'm here with my co-host and special guest, Cecilia Fenford. So we have a special episode for you. We just completed our dark leadership series, Diverse, Accountable, Resilient, and Connected Leadership. And we thought, why not finish it off with a one-on-one convo with our chief in-house expert guru on leadership. So listen, so Cecilia, I'm just going to go ahead and state the obvious that you know being related is one thing, right? And you think you know somebody, but I think it's fair to say that we have learned a lot about each other during our, oh my gosh, three seasons of Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars you, you're podcast. You're so right. you say? You're so right. We have. And wonderful, is, wonderful. I know it's been great and uh-huh. it makes one appreciative, but it's, it, I'm frankly, you know, surprised and it's like, how come I didn't know all these things? So um, I I remind everybody you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. (laughs) That may have a little bit to do with things. Well, maybe, but (laughs) I don't know. It's just been different. It's been good. But, you know, you know someone like like when your friend goes in a business, you know them as your friend. It's just different to see them as a business owner. And the same thing here. You've been my well, you've been my sister for a long time. And so now getting to your um, business side or mm-hmm. coaching side is like, oh, who knew? So with that as a backdrop, let's see if we can get a little more acquainted with Cecilia's leadership acumen and find out more about dark, diverse, accountable, resilient, and connected leaders. So you're ready? Are you feeling ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is exciting. And thank you. I feel very honored. I actually, I've never really liked being, it's funny, for somebody who coaches leaders, but it took me some time to get here. So I am honored that, um, you know, that you thought, well, hey, how about I interview you? So thank you very much for the opportunity. Very formal, but let's do it. Mm -hmm. So much to cover, so little time. Now, you've received so many accolades for your leadership acumen. And as is with the standard for uh, empowered women, you've continued to evolve and now giving some much needed attention to the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, in terms of our conversation today, I thought that might be a fine place to start, if you don't mind. Ah. Now, these are not in any kind of order. They probably should be, but we're just going to just just work with them. Okay. Um, how, if you will, do you see the relationship or nexus? You know what? I did not give you a proper introduction. I would like you to take a momentito to introduce yourself Um, because again, like I said, I've known you for (laughs) several years and, um, (laughs) but again, from the non-sister work side, 
can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today? Just take, just give us a 30,000 foot view. Okay, well, I could just say to sum up, my career life has been as a contracting specialist. So as a contracting specialist, 37 years, that is like, oh my goodness. Uh, I actually formally retired August uh, 2020, but I wish I had thought, because I don't, I've never memorized what does 37 years really mean? Well, with that, the, you know, the hours and times are just incalculable, but I can say for myself, it was a great career. I started um, at Tinker Air Force Base, which is in Oklahoma. I went to Scott Air Force Base, which is right outside of St. Louis. And I, you know, spent the last majority of my time here in Dayton, Ohio, at Wright Pat Air Force Base. But what does that really mean? What that means is as a contracting specialist, you learn all the ins and outs, you know, cradle, we call it cradle grade. But for me, it meant that I, I learned about finance. I learned about logistics. I learned about um, the program managers. I learned about just everything. Because for me, my curious nature would have me, you know, I need to go walk the flight line. What am I buying? Because I and buying, putting together contracts. I needed to work with lots of different people. So you'll see some of that that comes out, working with different people, learning all the ins and outs. Ultimately, as I grew throughout my journey, several different levels, I worked different staff jobs, learned all about pricing and policies, again, because I, I wanted to learn all these things. And so, I volunteered to, you know, move around. Well, as we sisters, being an Air Force brat, that was easy for me to do. Now, my government career wasn't just with the Air Force. I actually did uh, spend some time with uh, defense agencies, which is much broader than the Air Force. So my acumen was a compilation of so many experiences, going to just so many places, doing training, uh, you know, being a spokesperson. Well, you put all that together and as you start developing as a supervisor and then further up the leadership where you're growing your leaders, not to mention all the training, the government is very good about training. So I had a lot of opportunities. Well, put all that together. When I retired and I had opportunities to continue working, uh, I had people ask me to come work for them. I said, you know, I loved my career, but I'm going to do what I realized I really loved doing, which was coaching. So here we are, you know, through podcasts and some other things I'm sure you'll ask me about, that all those things were the inputs into saying leadership, developing people, that's where I want to be. Well, <clears throat> I don't know how I can get... 37 years and three minutes, but you're okay, okay, okay. Um, so, you know, as I always talk to you about, uh, I remember your excellent career management. I mean, I thought you were the poster child, the, the very definition of successful career management. I only recently, you know, became aware of your interest in leadership development and you 
kind of said it, but let's just be clear. When and how did this become your chosen platform? Well, some of the things that came about were uh, the contracting career field is very, um, is, is somewhat unique. There were so many requirements to be a an expert contracting person. Now, I'm talking about spending millions of dollars for the government to, you know, whether, I mean, I, I didn't ever work in base supply, but let, let me give you the extreme case, buying toilet paper all the way to uh, buying one of these very expensive aircraft. I'll put it like that weapon system. You know, it's not just the plane, it's everything that, that supports that, right? Well, as you can imagine, you get to see and do a lot of things. Not only is it the people that you have work for you, work with you, talking to people and learning, you also get to see a lot about just people themselves, the personalities, how they learn, how they follow. Uh, you see leaders that you say, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to be like them. And then there were others who, when I grow up, that is not who I want to be like, okay? I took all those things into play. And as I said to you, curiosity. Well, what are the inputs? So as I started having the uh, becoming a supervisor, I felt one thing, for example, I learned about accountability very, very early. I learned, I had a ball on my desk and it came out of something that I had, I'm sure, you know, class or some book I had read. But one thing was, what else can I do? That was always, you know, I could just look at that ball and that was kind of what I did. It was always about improving something. So what grew out of my experience fairly early was process. I'm very process oriented. And yes, I did receive uh, awards for being you know, process developer and that, you know, these are the things that I would work with uh, my people, my expectations. So first is my accountability. Well, I also would share that with others saying I expect them to be accountable. What is What does that mean? Well, it's excellence. I wanted to be excellent in all that I did, which doesn't mean perfect. It just means I gave it my best. I was looking to figure out what did that include. If I didn't do something the way I thought it should be, how else can I go about making it better? So it was probably, you know, I, I can't say maybe 10, 12 years ago as I started to new people coming to organization, I decided I would have one-on-ones with them. This is even before it became a requirement. I would I wanted to get to know people when they first came in. Who are you? What are you about? You know, personally, uh, what do you like to do? I would look for, uh, it was kind of like learning about what would they bring to the table, not just the contracting side, but maybe they knew how to do, you know, they were good with uh, Excel spreadsheets because in our business, we would use a lot of those, right? Maybe they were good at, uh, doing some of the fun stuff because you always need somebody to do the fun stuff. So that was one one thing that I started developing as time went along. And I started, again, watching and seeing how people worked. Another thing was because I was curious. Now, I know everybody's not curious, 
But I did know that in order to be really good at this business, you really need to know more than, hey, here's an action. I need you to go complete it. Hey, you take classes for that. But I also knew that, well, you know what? People, how they learn is very different. And I watched that over time. And so my first easy thing to me was to say, you need to learn how to connect the dots. And that was, you know, that would show up as to whether people could connect the dots or not. It's again, how do people learn kind of comes out. And maybe that's one of the improvement areas that I would need to, you know, is it a group that needs to learn certain things that nobody ever teaches you about? Because books don't tell you everything. Your teachers don't tell you everything. But it was all about connecting the dots. And as I use that, um, I realized these were things that I did myself and that worked for me because I learned to cover a lot of bases, whereas I didn't necessarily feel others did. But in order to get the mission accomplished, I felt like we needed to know more than maybe what somebody would just say, you know, go fill in a square. So that was another thing, process oriented, starting to connect with people, starting to really look at people. And so as time went along, hey, there was always plenty of work to do. I would tell people contracting is contracting. It is and it isn't, but you had to learn a lot of things. But that's kind of what I would say. You can learn contracting. It is your interest. It is what you bring to the table. But I was really interested in watching people develop and grow. That just became quite quite rewarding to me. And um, knowing that as you do this, um, spend some time with people, you do ultimately become influential in their growth and uh, their development and knowing how to let go because, you know, you can't get attached to all these people, um, but just building up people and helping others in their career goals ultimately helped me as well. Okay. I can, you know, that actually painted quite a picture for me. I can see this and I, I side note, I really need one of those balls. Um, just to, I have post-its everywhere, but you know, just having that little reminder to get, get going, Larissa. Now, as I started to ask it the way, way back when trained. <laughs> so how, if you will, you know, fast forward to today, how do you see the relationship or the nexus between the roles of leadership and DEI, how do those intersect? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I will tell you how I got into this. Um, to be frank, um, I always say I'm transparent. I am transparent. I always try to be transparent with people. So have a little patience with me as I address your question. Because it is, you know, it's, 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 it's somewhat emotional. It was an emotional event that led me to where I am today. Okay, okay. okay. And so, uh, as I said, I retired in August, 2020. Well, to take you back to that time, that, that was a summer of George Floyd. And so I had been thinking about retiring for some time anyway, uh, because my husband had been retired for quite some time. I felt that, you know, I, I had a, a Colonel tell me, I talked to him about it, my second to last Colonel. And he said, Cecilia, you have given 
a lot to the Air Force. You've done enough. And so it, it was really, I mean, just to say that here, uh, Air Force Colonel, tell me that. That was sort of the click that I didn't have to feel like I got to just, you know, keep doing what I was doing. There was, like I said, there was always, it's the people that by at that point in my career that I felt most, uh, the biggest tug. Mm-hmm. The work itself, again, is it, just a lot of work for contract people. I mean, there are people who don't have, have a clue what we do, but it is a lot of work. And so uh, when that came about, there were, you know, I got work to do. I walk in, I'm going to give it a hundred plus percent. But I realized that uh, there was a situation that happened one day and uh, we were in the pandemic. The pandemic had, you know, had us being at home. But as a leader, we had these meetings. Uh, I, I can't remember what we called them. Ask me, to, well, you didn't ask me that. But anyway, that uh, we would do a call. Um, it was every morning uh, just for the leaders. And so being a, a woman, now, one thing hurry, I, I need to hurry and say um, that at the level that I was, not very many Blacks at all. And then you, most of the leadership are a lot of men. So a lot of times I've gone through, I'd already gone through a career. I'm looking in the room. Oh, okay, here I am, the only woman of color again. Uh, or, oh, guess what? I'm the only woman. And, you know, some of the people you talk to, the contractor side or whatever. So that was always visible. Uh, There are days that that could be just emotionally draining, you know, by the time you get through, you know, know, dissecting yourself. But anyway, something happened on a weekend. Our uh, colonel made a comment, hey, how was the weekend? And this is when protests were going and and so he kind of did, I mean, he was doing what he does, but I thought, oh, well, you know, he, he made light of something and it just kind of shook me to my core. I sent him an email saying, you know what, sir, you know, I, we need to talk. Please, can you, you know, can you call me or email me or something? No, can you call me later? And then I thought about it. Maybe I'm being emotional, too emotional. And I said, that's all right. You know, we don't have to have a conversation, but did he did call me to his credit and I told him what bothered me and what I shared was hey you know I have a husband I have a son and not only that sir you have officers who are black who come in here and and will just will give you you know what they're supposed to do give you a salute and work smart but did you ever think about how they feel did you ever think about what they might be going through and so I personally have talked to my own people, you know, my own cluster or or different groups of people. But as a leader, I felt something else needed to happen. He took what I said. We actually had a special meeting the next day. He actually put some, he, he shared what had happened to him because he really was a person, not a black person and, you know, not to get off into all that, but he also had had his own experiences being a different ethnicity. But a lot of times when you're in a working environment, we just do what we do. We don't really think about it. It's only when something happens. But that really uh, kicked off um, diversity for us and my organization before they made it a mandate, 
I became involved with that. And when I retired, like two months after that occurrence, I got all, everything I could read about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, I started working with, uh, first I, for a few months, I just, uh, you know, I did some online conferences, corporations to see what they were talking about. I also participated in a group. You may remember this group. What was it? Heal the Hate. I'm just going to call it out. Um, and we were supposed to be dealing, doing something, but as you know, uh, I think you, well, anyway, I decided we weren't doing enough. Right. It was just talk. And so I decided that I had to make choices on what I wanted to do with DEI. So that's my initial diversity, equity, inclusion journey. However, well, the last thing I will say about, no, it's not going to be the last thing. The other thing was that whole experience, I was reading other books too. And it all, it really took me back to one, how do we get here? It brought out memories that I had uh, suppressed. Um, it brought back a lot of thoughts of growing up and things that had affected me and really had developed me into the person that I, you know, turned out to be, and, and I, I, I want to say with part of this journey, I never, I could never, it, for most of us, when you were in the position that I was in, in my view, shame on anybody who forgets where they've come from. So I never forgot where I came from. I just acquiesced to some things that in order to continue to do good, I just felt like I acquiesced to a structure, okay? Mm -hmm. And along the way, I would have to tell myself, remember who I am. I'm a, well, I'm a child of God. You don't control me, what I do. I would have to think about that and uh, that I would not compromise for anybody. My integrity was super, very important. So I be always was speaking up for wrongdoing. I mean, I did that early on in terms of, I would call out, things go to people I you know people would give me an audience so that was something I was doing but it, but then it became you know this is real and you know no more can we do what we've always done how can I forget the summer of 2020 yes and thank you for speaking up you know I I, I must say and we probably already said fast forward to today, but you know, honestly, with <clears throat> all the labels and finger pointing highlighted in the media, I'm just going to maybe briefly, how do you, you know, how do you keep the conversation? How do you keep the DEI conversation on track? You know, DEI is not sexy. And I guess, how do you keep Otherwise, uh, you know, keep the teams engaged long enough to create an impact. I mean, we're 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 swimming upstream, you know, pushing the boulder up the mountain, however you want to say it. It's some heavy lifting. That's how you say it. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I am in that um, position where I actually have to answer that question fairly often. So. Again, talking about, first of all, who am I? 
Um, and, and I've shared my experience, but the other part of who I am, I, and my experience is that I have a pretty healthy empathy quotient. Um, it wasn't something that I knew right off the bat, but as I started talking to people and just working with various people and even in and, and contracting, you know, there are people who come from other countries uh, there were some because of where they came from. Maybe they couldn't get a contracting officer warrant, uh, you know, based on the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe because they were uh, shy because of the language barrier. So, you know, I was willing to go to people like that. Again, so this is looking at people, right? That's the first part. Looking at people, the empathy and, um, you know, the compassion for others. But I had the capacity to be able to look at people and, see two sides of the coin uh and sometimes that would get me in trouble i mean i, I kind of have that way even at home you know you know you have this conversation and somebody thinks this way but i might but i could see both sides of the equation right okay so i wanted i've always wanted to like bring people together i don't like the labels you know i'd rather people work together it's not a pollyanna sort of thing it's okay we're all you know, created equally, notwithstanding what anybody might think or treat us. So with that being said, I decided that uh, when, I, so I joined, uh, I started volunteering for two organizations. One is Dayton Score, which is as a small business mentor, very much relates to my government experience. Uh, I knew small businesses, you know, they make the world go round. And uh, that there was a lot of need there for our people, a lot of creativity, but people who can't keep their businesses going. I, I felt that I probably had something to offer there. Then the other group is uh, the one profit, one I mean, one source center of nonprofit excellence, which is uh, in actually Cincinnati. But and both of these are national organizations. But for that organization, I mostly was doing leadership coaching uh, through their Excel program. And so I coach uh, leadership. Many other things that I was asked I could do, you know, strategic planning, workshops. I said, I've done that from the government, been there, done that, don't want to do that. These are my focus areas. Well, diverse DEI became uh, for both organizations something that they were asked to do. So on the one hand, I worked with uh, the One Source Center. And one of the things I said, you know, what I'm learning is that this is not a Black people's problem. This is everybody's problem. And so I will help develop training, but you know, I need some allyship. And so talk about learning with other people. It was, it was a task force, a group of people who put it together, but it was two of us who... And I think that was really when we got to the training part that I'm talking about, where uh, two of us put on the training. And so uh, in-depth training. And with that, um, and it's sort of like that's done. But then I thought, you know, one of the things when I used to work for the government, we would put out all this training. You would implement and then it, you know what it goes on a shelf nobody ever does anything with it i said this is all about sustainability and i asked the question in december so what are you guys doing 
what you know and so started another round and while I'm working with another lady and she happens to represent a different uh, minority group but and I learned from this it's not about just wanting to poof everybody it's okay I also learn I, I love learning I believe in lifelong learning and so we have we're in the process right now uh the task group has accepted what we've done with the charts and we're going to present training my thing is sustainability. But then you get other groups on my other side, you know, we were working with a region. They said, hey, we want you guys to, you know, look at the region. And to be frank, uh, these people aren't really, uh, there's some part of them really aren't really, aren't truly interested. I guess I'm going to say it that way. They're too fragile to deal with it. Okay. And I kind of decide what, I'm going to spend my time on because as you know um, while I am retired from the government first I went to semi-retired now I feel like well you know ask my family they're like you you are just into a lot of things well my third piece of this is that as we have uh, done our podcast and share some things I decided also that you know what I need to put this all together and um because I, you know, was sharing a lot all over the place and it came to me that I should incorporate my diversity focus because that's what I really like. And so as anybody who's, who follows us will know, we just completed diversity, accountable or diverse, accountable, resilient, connected leadership. And um, my my thing about that, as a, uh, I actually have put together material for a masterclass. I haven't done that yet. My dear sister says, "When are we going to do that? Or when you know when am I going to do that?" However, but you know I'm working on it. But uh, the as but what has helped me was really put this in a package. And so my mission statement. And you'll you'll hear the words you've already heard is to develop and encourage, but you know this is to leaders. So to open yourself to to discovery and to connections and influencing others through a, accountability and being diverse and um, being resilient and that leaders, as I coach them, you know, I tell them you're responsible for developing other people. A lot of times people go into programs, they only are thinking about themselves. But I'm like, no, you're responsible for growing people. And then, um, you know, got to thinking really about what my underlying principles were. And so what my principles and what I wanted to communicate to others is that, you know, the D part, while it's for diverse, but the real goal is to um, lead others through coaching and mentoring. The accountable part is through commitment to excellence. So, you know, it wasn't really a hard sell for me to, you know, come up with these. It was just really to put that in a, you know, neat little package. Resilient and open to change, um, as we've talked about it. I mean, it's really the basis of human nature. So while it was an event that got me down this road, it is about human nature, things that have happened ever since man was born. And there are so many things that uh, we have for resilience 
And so for each of those, we, you know, when we did our podcast, we couldn't, you know, do everything, of course. But again, that's why one should come to a class. But, you know, I, I looked at, you know, who am I? And then, you know, what the goals are, as well as what the impacts are. So, I mean, that's what we're about, clearly. Because, and then finally, the whole people aspect of connecting with people by building on our personal and career goals. So that is the nexus of, you know, the organizations, but whether I'm with these organizations or not, you know, that's who I, when I walk out the door, that's, you know, who I want to represent or help others to get to. Well, already, because I actually wanted to touch on those individually, but you kind of snuck it on in there. So um, thank you. I, um, you know, in terms of the leadership umbrella, if you will, what, uh, in your experience, what are some hidden superpowers uh, women have that make us great leaders? What can we lean into? Or I don't want to put words in, ma- in your mouth, but uh, what makes a woman a successful leader? You know, um, it's funny. I know women are great leaders. 90 some percent of them clearly i try to i am a little careful with this because uh men there are a lot of men obviously there are leaders and there are good men leaders but at the end of the day you know women and men are different women bring women bring something that no one else bring to the table and a lot of that is what i've already uh share with is is the empathy and compassion and to look at uh, walking in someone else's shoes so the fact that women also have a heavier burden and that if you are a caregiver if you have children if you are maybe you're married but you don't have children um the burden of not acting like the man, although some try to, uh, how we have to share our emotions or not. We have so many things that we have to look at and figure out how we want to get that across, how we want to be respected and seen, how we uh, have to address the microaggressions that can occur at work, Um, how we can be Someone can steal your ideas and say what you just said, right? Um, and take credit for it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, so very unattractive. I, right. All right. Right. So I believe that I, I know for myself, more engagement. Um, and so it is about seeing people, valuing people and hearing people. I just feel like women do that much better than men. I think that's overall our success that is, um, and and you have to be mindful and intentional. So those are the tools of what we have. And, and let me uh, add this aspect because uh, we've talked about it a lot. Emotional intelligence is really what I'm talking about, right? And the... Even when emotional intelligence, I mean, it's been out there for a while. It was first taught just to men. Oh. And it was really about, can you uh, 
inf you know, impact how they collaborate, how they uh, can force them to see others. And so, again, you know, I sort of believe that it's just not in their DNA to do that. But um, ultimately, when I have ever worked with anybody, it is, how are you going to move the needle? And the way you're going to do that is, I mean, even talking to women, I mean, part of the leadership development is, okay, it's not just about you. you it is about them. You have to be concerned about how your people are thinking. And guess what? They are, while they may not say it, but they're they're impacted by what's going on in the world. So you need to be aware of that. You need to, you know, really kind of get below the skin. So sometimes we can get caught up in the mission, but I really feel like what's going on at home is really for women particularly. Now, you know, men... And I think both of us have to be able to compartmentalize to an extent. But sometimes if you are the one that has to take the kids to the doctor or you're the one that, you know, keeps the schedule or or has to deal with the school, you have got a lot of balls up in the air that you've got to be able to figure out. Well, guess what? I think that also makes you a better leader because you are able to see many things that someone else, it never occurs to them to see. It never occurs uh, to them to see. Well, you know why you didn't get this information because those people aren't even there. You didn't even you you didn't even know. You didn't even walk over there to see. Uh, you expect people to come to you. Well, you know, chances are I'm probably going to get up and go to somebody else and have a conversation with them. So I believe the tool you know that most women have is really being able to reach out to consider others. And to figure out how to make it all work, because that's what they do all the time. So guess what? We're coming near the end of our time. So many questions I didn't get to ask you, but I will ask you a big one. 11.56 a.m. After 11.56 a.m. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure where that's what, coming from. What, um, you know, I... Well, before I ask you my last question, with so many clouds, if you will, on the political uh, horizon, what, how, how do we, you know, continue to move forward, eyes on the prize? You know, I feel like there's a lot, <laughs> yeah, the wind's blowing a lot of stuff our way. And, you know, we still have to keep moving forward. And, you know, it gets hard sometimes. Um, you know, what's your, what's your go-to? What's your like hot button? Okay, look, sure. Bada bam, bada boom, this happened, but this is where I have to go or how I have to think. So what's your, what's your go-to? How do you, how do you explain that to the next person and say, you got this sister, you can do it girl. You know, so um, one, one thing that I, again, I using my experience, and that sometimes uh, just dealing with people who can't let something go. Mm -hmm. they, they've got a project and they're going to spend 20 hours on it when, while that might be good, but you, you know, we all got the same 24 hours in a day. That was another one of my things. I always said to me, we all got the same 24 hours in a day. It's how we use it. 
And in using that, part, first and foremost, it's hard to do for women. And I'm not the poster child for this, but you know where I'm going as soon as I say it. Can't wait. The work is going to be there, but self-care is so important. Self-care, because you can do, you can spend so much time worrying about something that you can do nothing about. So it's knowing when to let go. Mm. It's knowing how to take care of yourself. When I say self-care for me, it's both spiritual and the physical and mental self-care, you know, rest, eat properly, get the, get, uh, get the movement. I first and foremost, to be my best self, I got to do all those things. And that was always important to me, you know, making sure I got exercise, making sure uh, that I ate properly. You know, rest is still kind of an issue, but recognizing there's a clock here that says, eh, time to stop. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. And I with one of those clocks. Yeah. And, and with that, I am so I'm sorry. Oriented. We could get rich if we just make one of those, okay? We're going to have to say, note to self. Let's create yeah. that clock. Right, right, right. And so it is being, one, self-aware, right? I'm very aware of, of time. And so I can look at today, I will look at, I'll take some news snaps. I'll check them because I need to be informed. I do need to know what's going on. I don't need my head in the sand because I can't help anybody if I, you know, got blinders on. But I only need to get the the, you know, First of all, if you listen to any news outlet, they're not giving you any details anyway. People just, you know, a lot of talking heads just really headlines. don't know what's going on. I'm a firm believer in just the facts, ma'am. But I don't mean just the facts. But right now, people don't even know the truth if it hit them in the face. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, so to your point, where we're going. So I finally have accepted that. I, for me, being, I used to be very black and white on how you think, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. The facts are what they are. Well, I realized, wow, people grab hold of anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so now that I've accepted that, I realized, okay, I can't do anything about people like that. So when I'm talking to people, and they, you know, they got the hair on fire. Did you see this? Did you see? It? I'm like, okay, yeah, I saw. Or I didn't see it. But I said, okay, how much of that are you reading? How much of that are you following? What is that taking away from what you're doing? What can you do about that? You need to stay, come on back over, do what you can do something with. Sometimes I can, I, I will get emotional about some stories. I mean, I want to still have that emotion because I don't want to ever turn off that emotion of not caring, but it just lets me know, okay, what can I do? And the one thing I didn't say, but I said it, you know, I alluded to it. I got to use my voice, whatever my platform is, use your voice, whether it's writing, posting, positive, something helpful, something that's going to benefit somebody. That's where we are today. There's enough negativity out there. I don't need to add to that. I don't want any part of it. And occasionally, if I should get caught up in a conversation, you know, check yourself to see it's time to cut this off. What did I say something? I did that, uh, I don't know, week before last. It was kind of a conversation about doing something with DEI. And I said something. And then it struck me that I was probably venting and how helpful did, was I? And I had to go back and apologize to these uh, two women. You know, it was a group thing. 
because I said, that's not helpful. That's not, that doesn't help us do anything. I think I was really sharing kind of what I was thinking, but it wasn't helpful. So truly today, uh, my modus operandi is you have a, you know, people said, used to say, uh, you know, it's kind of like you have a voice, you have a voice. Well, of course I have a voice, but, but am I using it? And how are you using it? And where are you using it? But by the same token, understand that some things are just not expedient to say. Understand that sometimes silence is truly golden. And that's something I've learned. And I try to share with other people. We don't need to address everything. You know what? Somebody else will. And again, we only have so many hours in a day. So figure out how much time you're going to spend on certain things, particularly, you know, as it relates to your platform, uh, to whatever mission you have to accomplish, uh, if you're working on your business. And just because somebody calls you, okay, maybe you'll answer, maybe you won't. But we have to be in control of ourselves first and foremost. You can't blame anything on anybody else. Be in control of yourself. Who do you want to be? What do you want your legacy to be? And so that was, again, one of the reasons I did the dark uh, leadership coaching because I wanted to say, this is who I am. I don't want anybody else to describe who I am. And that, you know, wherever, if I never wrote another thing, if I never had another podcast, wow, when we saw Cecilia, that's who she was. And hopefully if I see her on the street, that's who she is. So that would be my way of saying the politics will be there. There's way too many people for me to deal with. Hey, I used to, I, I took political science. Mm. And I'm like, I'd hate, to, I'd hate to see what a political science class looks today. Wow. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I would want to. fire, I imagine. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Isn't that something? So Cecilia, my goodness, my goodness, what is next for dark leadership? What is next for Cecilia? Oh. Well, uh, I'm no view because okay. I know. No, 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 no. It is you don't have to be like me with your fingers in so many pies, but I know you have some ideas on the horizon. But you, but you said it right. I've, I always, I used to say, and I still have to work on this. I have more ideas than I can handle. And so, with that, I'm learning to say no. <gasps> Learning to realize that something I just cannot do. That's hard to do that, but I truly want to really just focus on my dark leadership platform and really just really keep it there. And so I'm hoping to kind of launch that you know, sooner rather than later. <laughs> I don't, I have not put the the stick out there yet to say when but um I'm working on it I'm working towards that and I think you've laid out some juicy nuggets we've certainly gotten to know you better still and you know obviously there's a lot of thought behind what you do and and who you have become through the years uh definitely still a role model so Cecilia if people have questions, they want more information, or they want to learn how to work with you, 
how can people reach you? What uh, what would you like to share? I don't know whether that's a download or your website, email, however you want, whatever you want to share. See, I was not, and I should have been ready for that question. So I don't know that I even know my, uh, it, it, you know, my connections. I am on Instagram as Cecilia Benford. I am on Facebook. I am on, you know, so Google uh, my website. I do have a website, Leadership Connections. I also. Um, say the website, please, ma'am. Because I don't know what our website is. I just say, if you put in Leadership Connections, I mean, there may be other people who have that. Leadership I, Coaching Mentoring Connected.com. Yeah, I just drew a blank there. So great blog, great intel. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there because I'm not sure what she's going to say. So okay. make sure you check, then, out her, check out her blog and you can find her on all the well, social media platforms. You can also find her on LinkedIn. Um, so anywho, let me just be her publicist for publicist for just a moment. Oh, so anyway. right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I will give you my Gmail because I, I am on top of my Gmail. So C-E-C-E-M-B at gmail.com. I've tried using different uh, reach outs and connections, but at the end of the day, because of all the different things that I do chase around, I do check that frequently. I would love for somebody to um, to reach out. I, I love to talk to people. I do love helping people. And um, ultimately, um, I, I have put together a roundtable, you know, I mean, format that I hope to, you know, eventually launch, which, you know, roundtable masterclass. And, you know, so whatever it is, we can make that work. But it is all about connecting. So connect with me. I will definitely connect with you. And thank you for being my publicist. I'm still working on that. I know we have we've such a hard time tooting our own horn. But Cecilia, thank you so much for your time. Again, it was lovely taking a deep dive with you. And um, I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of this particular interview. So thanks so much for you know, being so open and sharing so much of yourself. And listeners, I will just invite you to tune in next week as we're turning the page. We have a new chapter. It's all about small business. So make sure that you join us next week. We will see you then. Cheers. <laughs>